So just before I begin the homily, I want you to turn to the person next to you and without saying anything, just look at them. You can do that. Might be a little bit awkward. But what I want you, what I want you to do is look at them and try to just get in touch with what's actually going on inside their life. What's the... As I said, don't say anything. You want to be kind of contemplative here. What's the pain that this person's experiencing right now? What's the sadness they might be going through? What's the things beneath the confident exterior which might be ticking away inside that person's life? Okay, now, you can probably look back now. Now, you might know the person next to you very well and you might think, yeah, I know everything that's going on in their life. They might be a complete stranger. I'm not sure whether you actually looked at them and thought, oh my goodness, this person's really suffering. I don't know whether any of you looked at the person and thought, I've never even looked at the person who sits next to me at Mass. I've never even considered what might be going on in their life at all. Because I think, sadly, that's often how we operate. You know, we can often be so caught up in our own concerns that we're blind to what's next to us. And very often we can be so deceived by the false face that people put on. You know, because whenever we come into church, we pretend that we're happy. You know, we pretend that our life is perfect. And I think we're kind of happy to be deceived by that. Because we don't want to be disturbed by the reality but maybe just have another quick glance at the person next to you and just look again. What I want... My challenge for you tonight... My challenge for you is to question how are you going to proclaim the gospel to that person before you leave the church tonight? Because the reality is that every human being carries within them an enormous amount of darkness. And then we spend a lot of energy trying to hide it. And then particularly hide it from ourselves. We carry within us so much pain, so much history of rejection, of wounding, of never being loved, failure, self-criticism. All this stuff weighs us down. To, to the point where we're terrified of it. And, and we, we end up living on the surface of our lives because we're terrified of putting our head underneath and seeing what be, it might be beneath the surface. We're terrified of ever getting close to other people for fear that we might discover what's inside of them and now be dealt with having to deal with a whole mess. You know, we'd much rather keep our relationships superficial and nice and pleasant but the real challenge of it, how are you going to proclaim the gospel to this person? And, and I mean that seriously. Before you leave the church tonight, what are you going to do to shine a light into that darkness? Because in the gospel tonight, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That light must shine out to the whole world. Now, what is the world he's talking about? Is he talking about all the stuff you see on the news? Is he talking about the trouble up on Parliament House? Is he talking about the stuff that's going on overseas? 
maybe, if that's your vocation. But I think for all of us, he's talking about the person next to you. You are the light of the world. How are you going to shine that light into the darkness of the person next to you? Yes, they're a good Catholic. They're here at Mass. They've come here to receive the Eucharist and to pray, but they're still in darkness. The loneliness, the pain, that's stuff within them that they would never talk about. You know, people often talk about the fact that you've got three lives. You've got a public life, a private life, and a secret life. And it's often that, that, that secret part which is the darkest. That's the part where the, the real nagging loneliness is. And that's the part where the gospel needs to be heard. That's the part which needs to encounter Christ. In the second reading, St. Paul talks about his ministry and he says, when I came to you, I didn't come with great oratory. I didn't come with great philosophy. I just simply came with a message about Jesus. And really a message about Christ crucified. You know, I think one of the sad things today is that whenever we think about evangelization, for some reason we automatically get caught up in all these battles around morality and, you know, truth and who's right and who's wrong. Now that stuff is kind of important, but it's only one part of the gospel. But really, at the heart of this message of Christ crucified, it's a message of the God of compassion. It's this God who looked at us and saw that we were an absolute stinking mess and decided to enter into that mess with us. A God who saw that we were trapped in darkness and decided to enter into the deepest darkness just to be with us in that pain. That's what the cross is about. The the cross is a God who knows what we're going through. He doesn't stand off distant in judgment or saying, try harder. He's the God who's there saying, I know, I understand. Because if you're in the pit, I'm even deeper. I've gone into the very depths of human suffering. I've gone into the deepest darkness and I'm there with you. That's what the message of Christ crucified is. It's this message of real compassion. That's what we need to proclaim. If you are the light of the world, if that light is meant to shine on the top of a hill for all to see, what that means in your practical everyday life means that you would be a minister of compassion. Because the reality is, in our day and age, you can't stand up in the middle of your public service department and start preaching the gospel. If you were to walk into a department meeting and start telling the department head that Jesus is the answer to all, your, all the problems, you're going to be unemployed pretty quickly. And, and the reality is, that's not really going to help anything. But if you're able to walk into that room and scan the room and realize that person looks really sad today and that person looks kind of dead in their eyes and this person's fidgeting like they're in deep pain and just want to get out of this meeting as fast as they can, you've got a chance to speak a message that's life transforming. It may not be overtly Christian, 
It might just be a message of hope. It might just be a message of saying, you're not alone. You know, if you want to catch up, that's okay. You know, those small messages of hope are unbelievably powerful. And I think this is where, for yourselves, particularly as lay people, need to really feel empowered that you're able to change people's lives in the most ordinary and hidden ways without people even knowing that you're evangelizing. But by simply being this light of compassion, by being Christ at every single moment to the people you speak to, to just say, look, there's hope. Now, I've never actually told anyone this story, so you've got a public confession here. For me, this was actually a kind of a transforming moment. When I was a deacon, just before I was ordained a priest, I was doing my 30-day retreat. And to be honest with you, I was racked with anxiety because I was thinking, look, in four weeks' time, I'm about to be ordained as a priest and I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to proclaim the gospel. All these people are going to come to me every day saying, I need help, and I don't know what to do. I've done nine years of study and no one's told me. I'm sure that maybe they did, I just wasn't paying attention. (laughs) But it was this deep feeling of inadequacy, like all the problems of the world are about to land on my doorstep and I don't know how to help them. And over this retreat, I'm in silence for 30 days, it's just ticking away within me. But I remember this one night having a dream, and it was a very confronting dream, which is probably why I've never told anyone about it. But in it, it was basically seeing these three people, or it was actually a bit of a group of people, in the depths of despair, not knowing what had happened to them, not understanding what had brought them to this darkness. But in the corner of the picture, there was this figure just with a gun, just offering it to them almost offering them a way out of their despair. And the first one took it and shot themselves. I'm horrified just watching this. And I'm just crying out saying, God, do something. What do you do something? Stop this. And just feeling like God's saying, you do something. I'm like, I can't. How, what on earth can I do to stop this from happening? And I just felt God just saying, say something. And I was just getting more and more angry. I'm like, but words are useless. How are words going to stop such a great evil? How are words going to change people from killing themselves? But I just felt like God just saying, say something. And in this dream, in this absolute inadequacy, just stepping forward and just saying, there's hope. And this person just put the gun down. And I just said it again, look, there's hope. You're not alone. It's okay. And it was like this darkness lifted and there was this light. And I remember kind of waking up from this, just realizing, well, that's, if I've learned anything from this retreat, that's it. I don't really need anything else. Because it was like God just saying really clearly, words are extremely powerful. You know, and sometimes the simplest words, just these words of compassion, A word of saying, look, you're not alone in your darkness. I can see it. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in the way that you're holding your whole body. And I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to stand here with you and say, I'm with you. That alone is able to change the world. 
this, this really is transforming. I remember a story. It's a good friend of mine. His, his young sister has Down syndrome. And he, he came from this, this very small country parish and he used to talk about how his family would come and sit at the front row of the church, tiny little church, and his family would all be sitting there facing the priest, but his younger sister would be sitting facing the people. And during the homily, she'd be scanning the crowd, looking intently at everyone's face. And once she found someone who looked sad, she would disappear under the pew. And she would crawl under all the legs and feet and suddenly pop up and give this person the biggest hug ever. And then once her job was done, she'd go back. <laughs> and this, this was her ministry, basically. Every Sunday. He was saying once they were travelling overseas and she decided to do this at an airport and <laughs> would suddenly run off to some strange businessman and wrap her arms around his leg. And <laughs> It's, it's simply that wordless act of love. Because you know, she, she couldn't speak, she couldn't say anything. But it was just this gesture of absolute compassion. You're suffering, and I want to suffer with you. I want to be with you in that dark place. That's the gospel. That's the message of Christ crucified. You know, we don't have to go into the world with great philosophy. You don't have to have a doctorate in theology. You don't have to be a great speaker. But if you can simply bring that message of love and compassion, and I'd also suggest if you can bring that same message to yourself, because sometimes we're the first person who needs to hear the gospel. You know, where we can often be the harshest judge beating up on ourselves, judging ourselves, interpreting everything and saying, oh, you deserve this, you're terrible, you're horrible. That's sometimes the first place we need to be a minister of compassion. To be able to speak again this truth that you are loved, you are not alone, God is with you. So once again, I want to put this challenge to you. How are you going to minister the gospel to the person sitting next to you before you leave the church tonight? You may want to take another quick glance at them and just work out what actually is the need there. But I say this quite seriously because as Jesus says, you are the light, but that light should not be hidden. That light needs to be put out so it can be seen. You can have the greatest intentions within your heart and say, I really should tell that person they're great. I really should affirm that person. But if you never speak it, it doesn't help. Put it into words. You know, have the courage, have the boldness to actually pat the person on the shoulder and just say, thank you. Thank you for being here. Whatever it is, as simple as it is, allow there to be some word which is going to change that person's life tonight.